and welcome to the I Am Woman Project, where every week we have deep thought-provoking and interesting conversations with thought leaders, change instigators, rule breakers and creative minds who think differently, sparking creativity and inspiration. Our special guests on our show cover a variety of topics just for you, and they share their personal stories to inspire, motivate and empower you, our listener. The I Am Woman podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at www.catherineplano.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. I'm curious, do you want to know how to achieve lasting positive transformation, abundance and empower your life? If you are not happy with where you are today and the repeating patterns that represent in your life over and over again, then a radical shift is what's required to help you make changes and live your life more on purpose. All you need to do is sign up to our email list and you will receive an online module on how to create radical paradigm shifts. You can get it completely for free when you sign up to our email list at katherineplano.com. And as a valued subscriber, you are also going to get exclusive content that's only available to our email subscribers, where we will have members-only events, free access to online masterclasses, VIP and discount tickets to all events. Only available for people on our email list, we offer bonus content with more advanced tips that are exclusive just for our email subscribers. There is an amazing stuff available for you only if you sign up to the email list and you can do that by going to katherineplano.com and sign up on the homepage. This week, we've got Davina McHale. Davina is a Hay House author of the book, The Dream Whisperer. She is a spiritual educator, shamanic seer, feng shui and space clearing expert, where she has encountered endless miracles in people's lives from the application of feng shui and shamanic principles and now shares these incredible tools with others. Davina's greatest intention is to unlock the gateway to our most glorious self. This has led to a lifelong study of human mind, metaphysics, quantum physics, philosophy, psychology, and it goes on. She has a passion that is as much part of her being as breathing. Her diverse business and medical background with an eclectic career history that includes qualified nurse and a counsellor, a director of a commercial radio station, and many years as a company director in the telecommunications industry, and CEO of a 60-seat call centre specialising in technical support for ISPs. Davina discovered feng shui when working in Hong Kong and China in the early 1990s. 
and subsequently trained for and acquired a professional diploma in the practice and spirit of feng shui. Throughout her corporate years, she remained committed to her parallel universe of energy work, studying and experimenting. Davina's shamanic quest began in 1992 when she undertook an extraordinary adventure which took her from Moscow to Mongolia, through China and Hong Kong, across Tibet to Nepal, India, Bangladesh and finally to Andaman Islands. The trip was life-changing and incorporated at least one near-death experience, which in many cultures is seen as the shaman's mark of initiation. It's now time to tune into this one very adventurous soul. Enjoy. Well, this week, as always, we have a super amazing woman for you all the way from the UK. We have Davina McHale. Welcome to I Am Woman Project. Hi, Catherine. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Now, I uh, for our listeners, just in case we have got some uh, rumbles in the background, we have a massive storm. So, just in case we, you know, do hear that, uh, it's it's actually beautiful the thunder in the background. But just in case, it's, it's very uh, shamanic as well. Oh, it is. <laughs> I love it. I love it's, it. From a shamanic perspective, that's the ancestors calling. So the ancestors are present with us. That feels very auspicious to me. That oh, fantastic! Well, they've been calling all night. They've been at it for, well, this is heading into our second day, so it's pretty heavy. But, I mean, I love it, absolutely love it. So, Davina, we always love to start our show with uh, the unique story. So we'd love to ask a woman of inspiration, what is your unique story and how did you get to where you are today? Well, it's a very long story, so to praise it, um, I spent an awful lot of time when I was young. Uh, my grandparents owned a psychogeriatric old people's home. And I used to spend yeah, most of my childhood there, basically. I grew up a lot of the time with them. And it was, to say the least, a very depressing place. I mean, there was fun and there was humour and kind of in a black sort of humorish way. But it was the kind of place where people went to die. And it was a kind of place where relatives would leave them. And you would never see the relative again. It was like, oh, thank goodness I've got rid of granny, grandpa, auntie, uncle. And the next time they would be going out the door in a box. And I just grew up with that sense of, God, there has to be a better way to die than this. And I realized that that has influenced my journey. Um, It's what led me to become a nurse. It's led me subsequently to all of my shamanic practices, feng shui. It's everything that has come to me has been about this how can we live better in order to die better? Mm. I think that's probably the best way of putting it. I love that. And so for our listeners, you were talking about shamanic, and I can see that you do shamanic coaching and healing. Would you like to talk us through what exactly is shamanic coaching and healing? Well, I suppose for me, shamanism is one of the oldest belief systems or practices on this planet. It's had a huge revival uh, in recent years. I've been practicing now since about 1993, so a long time. 
Um, and it's very much about connecting us to the natural world. It's reconnecting us to nature and all of those primary relationships that we see all around us. So in terms of healing, it can be a number of different modalities. I very much work with a client in how they present themselves in that moment. So it could be through doing a drum journey. It could be some more kind of physical healing. In the Peruvian system that I work with, we work a lot with stones. They're called kuyas, healing stones of compassion. They're a particularly programmed stone that will have a particular energy that can help us extract unhelpful energies from the body or conversely help us put positive energies into the body that somebody might need and some emotional support or physical grounding or spiritual enlightenment or clarity of mind, something of that nature. Wow, I've never heard of Peruvian stones. So are they uh, obviously programmed stones and depending on what you require, whether it's removing or um, putting energy into the body, does it? do you have to use different stones or how does it work? Yeah, so there's a, like, it's called a mesa, uh, which is the Spanish word for table. It means altar. So there is a kind of setup. Um, so you would have an altar and the stones go around the center of that. And yes, those stones may have come from power places. A lot of my stones have actually come from Peru and the Apus, the mountain spirits there. They've been gifted by other shamans. So they have a particular lineage or power of a teacher that I've worked with. Um, sometimes you can find stones that might, for example, be shaped like a heart or a kidney and they'll be good for those respective organs like give heart healing or help the kidneys. But they are worked with in a particular shamanic way. So they're found perhaps during a vision quest or they've been gifted in some um, way, they're cleaned, cleansed, and they're programmed with the type of healing. And they live on a particular area. So, for example, the West realm deals with emotional issues. So if you had a kuya, a healing stone that might work with the West, you would probably have it living on the West of your mesa, for example. And the East represents the fire. So if you had a fire a stone, sorry, that was good for vision or clarity of mind, then you would put that on the east of the altar. Oh, cool. But, Keep going. Yeah, right, so it works like that. And then in the south realm, you for physical healing, you would put a stone there for physical healing. And in the north, for spirit, you might have a stone that will encompass spirit. There's lots of ways. It's It's... For the shamanic way of being, it's very much about this idea of relationship. Nothing ever goes one way. So really working with how somebody presents and the narrative and the story they're turning up with and how that one in the moment can best work with that to enable the client to find their own. Because I do believe the body is a self-healing organism. So it's like creating the space for the client to be able to self-heal. And sometimes we, you know, clients need to be helped to get out of their own way in order to allow that process to occur. So, Davina, I'm sure our listeners will be just as curious as I. What kind of things do people come to see you about? Um, many and varied. Often if they're confused, don't know the way forward in life, um, perhaps are struggling with lots of difficult things going on all at once. So, they perhaps are very stressed or anxious, people suffering from depression, illnesses, disease, um, things like loneliness, where perhaps they just feel very disconnected. I think in our modern society, there's more and more people suffering from this because whilst we seem to be connected more and more every day on social media, we're less connected in actual real life. Um, so I'm definitely seeing an increase in clients that are just 
needing to connect, needing, you know, almost forgetting how to relate in many ways. We've become very disconnected, particularly from nature itself, which helps us connect to each other. So many of those kind of issues, I would say those general things. Mm. And how long, so for example, if somebody comes in to see you and they need a little bit of direction, because I find that I think people are so overwhelmed, they don't know where to from here. Uh, How many sessions would it take them to work with you? Well, if it's just guidance of that nature, I would normally recommend a client did a reading and um, that will give them, you know, months worth of information. When I'm channeling in terms of readings, it comes through very, very quickly and there's an awful lot of information for people to work through. So it takes a long time to integrate that. And I'm also about and in and I do a lot of coaching around that. So if particular issues come up, I might give a suggestion of an exercise or a practice that somebody could use to really help them. So that could be one session. If it's um, perhaps a behavior or a habit that's a problem or shamanic healing, that might take one to three sessions. I don't think these processes need to be, they're not years, they don't take years. Mm. They don't need to take years. Uh, it's really, if we can get to the nub of things, and that's the great thing about shamanism, it's very, very good at getting to the heart of the matter or that linchpin, if you like, that will allow the problem to collapse very quickly. Mm. And you also do feng shui, I see. You also do feng shui for working at home. Do. So did you want to talk us through what that is as well? Yeah, um, feng shui I'm very, very passionate about. It was feng shui that led me to shamanism, really. It was the door opener for me. And it's, I think, you know, feng shui and its basic thing, again, it's about relationship, but this time it's relationship with home, as William Morris, the great um, designer, always said, home is metaphor of the self. And it's so true. Because home is where we feel safe. And so we tend to put everything that we're perhaps not necessarily acknowledging inside of ourselves will certainly display it in the way we place our furniture the color we paint our walls the type of artwork we have how we live in a space how we move around a space and feng shui is the art of basically managing a space to increase the amount of positive chi or the positive energy flow of energy and decreasing any kind of harmful energies that may be moving around and those harmful energies can come in things like clutter um we all know how good it feels when we've had a good old clutter clear. We might not like doing it and it might take a bit of time to really get with that old clutter clearing. But when we do it, it feels fantastic. Yeah, it's so true. And I, I'm right in the middle of that at the moment. I, and I think I do it every year. I get into like, I want to step into the new year with less. Every year it was always stepping in with less. But there's these things when you actually go through, sometimes when you're cupboard, you look at it and you go, maybe just one day I might. You know, wear it again, and it's forever. It's the worst. It's the worst. That is one of the things. This might come in useful one day. That is definitely a definition of clutter in my book. Mm. And and it's really easy, I think, clutter clearing if we just get in touch with the energy. And I really believe in actually picking something up and saying, "Does this lift my energy or lower it?" Oh, I like that. And it's that simple. And you really, your body will give you the wisdom of that answer absolutely instantly. Because it is, everything does carry uh, energy or memory. You know, I can look at a dress and and, and it'll activate a memory of uh, the time I had with that dress. Yes, exactly. And so what you're really attached to is the memory rather than the fact that you might never wear that dress again, in Mm. which case it's butter. 
So true. So Davina, with uh, feng shui, do you also use like things like a dowsing rod? Because uh, I had it done years ago and I remember they talked about, I can't remember the words, but I think it was geomancy. Yeah, where they no, get- yeah, well, yeah. English, um, the English tradition is called geomancy. It's working with earth energies. But there is also something called geopathic stress which is often found in houses, it's geo-earthpathic stress. So it's like a stress of the earth, if you like. It can come through building extensions or digging into the earth in some way uh, to put a gas pipe in or to lay electric cables, build a railway. And it creates, if you, if it's a little, the best way to describe it is if you've ever had acupuncture for the body. And in the same way, there's a set of meridians all through our body. There's a similar set of meridians all through the earth. And they can get blocked just like our energy can get blocked. And yes, I do douse for where those lines are and somebody's property. And then you literally acupuncture the points. And it's similar. Instead of using fine needles that you would on the body, I just use much bigger needles for the earth, um, like wooden stakes. And you literally acupuncture the earth and it will release those energy lines. Wow, that's amazing. So how would you do that, though, if you've already built your house over the the earth? And you find, and let's say... You go through with a dowsing rod or something and then you pick up that there's, you know, a block. Well, how do you work through that then? Yeah, that, that's exactly what you would do. So most houses are already pre-built or, and often you find geopathic stress. For example, you'll get a house where people have been really happy there for years and then suddenly they save up some money and they build an extension and everything goes wrong. And it's often because they've unconsciously dug into the earth and it's created this disturbance, which brings up this blockage, if you like. And you would just acupuncture the land. So in their garden or you can use crystals inside the house, you just douse for where those acupuncture points are and put the needles in and it will clear the energy. But what would be a really good thing, which I'd love to share with listeners, is If anybody is thinking of building an extension or putting something on their house that might create that effect, then simply do an offering to the earth first. Tell the earth what you're going to do. Maybe put some um, alcohol, some flowers, make a mandala, something of this nature, light a candle, put some information around there and just put your hands on the earth and say, Uh, We need to build this extension. We're really sorry for any dishonoring. We honor the land and honor the spirit here. Thank you for allowing this work to go well. Something, you know, in your own words, something Mm. of that. But that telling the land, it's a little bit like if you know what's coming, you can be prepared for it. Well, the earth has a consciousness too. So tell the earth what's coming so it's prepared for it. Well, I've never heard of that, and I love the way that you put it. It is. I mean, I get acupuncture myself, so I know how that and how powerful that is as well. Mm. Mm. So, Davina, what is a radical shift that changed your life for the better? Uh, many, it has to be said. <laughs> it has been stages. I grew up in an education system, A, I'm a little bit older, and I grew up at a time when things like feng shui, shamanism, tarot, all of the things that I love and do and have been doing for years, I'd never even heard the words then. So this path kind of found me rather than the other way around. And it happened, I suppose, the biggest point of shift that if I can try and think back to what was that seminal moment that changed everything. I was always able to see spirit and had peculiar abilities as a child, but I think all children have that. And then our life experiences maybe knock that out of us to a degree. But I traveled with a friend and we hitched to Tibet 
and for the highest road along the road from Gulmud in China, which is a real kind of tumbleweed town, there's nothing there apart from some grey bunkers in sort of like do 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 odd bushes going across <laughs> the plain. It really was like that. And it was in 1992, so before mobile phones and easy access to email and letting our friends and family and everyone know where we were. And we hitched a lift with this Chinese truck driver. And basically, we just got so sick with altitude to the point where, I mean, I was quite convinced I was dying. I was hallucinating, um, you know, vomiting, horrendous stomach diarrhea. It's like minus 20, minus 30. It, it was very, very difficult, could barely breathe. And there was no kind of down to go. And this truck driver, and to give you an idea, it took 47 hours to travel 1,100 kilometers. Wow. Um, it was, you know, it's the kind of journey that, yeah, it's a great story now. But if anybody had told me what that was going to be like before I got in the truck, I would never have got in the truck. So very difficult. We had to hide in the back of the truck through checkpoints. I meant to get into Tibet like that. Um, took a very long time uh, and it was the highest point of that pass uh, on the long that road is 5,200 metres. I mean, Lhasa, which you would still have altitude sickness in to a degree if you flew straight in, is 3,600 metres, just to give you an idea of just how ridiculously high that was. And you're meant to, of course, do this very gradually, climb about 1,000 metres a day, then spend a day acclimatising. But of course, we just did the whole thing. And ever since that, I mean, as I say, it was, it definitely was a kind of out of body experience at its most extreme point. And from that moment onwards, just things started to happen. I started, teachers started to turn up. Uh, my life just opened up and all the people and the things that I do now just kind of fell into place and came to me. So it's um, obviously you're not suggesting that we go and drive up no. to Tibet <laughs> and get Definitely sick not. so that we have this, um, I guess, insight or an opening of some way, shape or form, right? Mm. No, I'm certainly not suggesting that. That was just my experience. But I do think if you talk to people that have maybe followed this path or their own path in particular healing, then there's normally some kind of life crisis that has led to it. Perhaps so an illness. Or perhaps they've lost someone or some other particular event has occurred that's just really woken them up. And I also think that today, um, you know, we're talking 20 or you know, 25 years ago. I think today it's more prevalent because this is much more available, this information that far more people are actually pursuing it as a path because they feel so disconnected. And this is a way of getting them back in touch with what it is to be human. So I think far people are actively choosing a shamanic path these days. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, it's true, a lot more people speak about it and everyone has their own experience with uh, following a shamanic path. I mean, I've, you know, some, some people go to Peru and do ayahuasca and have this, you know, sure. epiphany and everyone does it in a different way. This is, um, exactly. I think you've got to just find your own way. Absolutely right, yeah. It'll mm. call you, that's what I find. It'll yeah. find you whether you like it or not. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Davina, we always love to ask a woman of inspiration, uh, and, and it's more so around uh, business. So what would be a piece of advice that you would give someone if they wanted to embark on a new path? It could even be life. It doesn't have to be just business, but career or life. Yep. Um, well, a number of things. I don't think it's good to just jump ship. 
always, unless there's a good opportunity. If you, first of all, that I think what arises is that sense of dissatisfaction, that sense of this isn't, there's got to be more than this. And whatever you're moving towards, again, think of it like your clutter. Does it lift your energy or lower it? If you tune into your body, I mean, I believe our heart holds our wisdom. So can you feel your heart energy moving towards it or away from it? And also, if you don't, a lot of people don't know what they want to do. They just don't like what they're doing currently, but they so they know what they don't want, but they don't necessarily know what they do want. So another way might be to do some weekend courses or explore, do something with a low cost. Uh, so they're not signing up for a year or two years or three years, but maybe doing a weekend in lots of different subjects or reading via to see what actually inspires them, what they feel passionate about to pursue further. So to really take themselves on their own voyage of discovery mm. to see and also to look at those decades in one life, not 10, 10 to 20, 20 to 30, etc. And think, what made me happy? What were my exciting things? What did I love to do during that time? and then look at all the themes and patterns maybe look at your five top movies or your five top tv shows if you happen to be flicking through a magazine what article would you naturally be drawn to first etc and you'll start to see themes emerging and it might be and what you're looking for is some kind of sentence that sums you up so to take an example it might be like i love entertaining people with food for example, you know, maybe you like cooking for friends. That suddenly gives you a lot of options. You could um, become a chef. You could uh, design menus. You could become a nutritionist. It's like it's a different way of the way that we're told, oh, these are the career options. Mm. Whereas maybe you could be a, a cookery writer. You could write a cookery book. It gives more options when you find this phrase that is your kind of passion or your purpose. And it opens up, I believe, the perception of what's possible for yourself. Yeah. I, I I love the fact that you were saying that our heart holds our wisdom. And I noticed on your website you have wisdom at work and at home. So what exactly is the wisdom work that you do? Well, for me, wisdom is right action. So a lot of my coaching and a lot of my work is very practical. In fact, I know I work in some quite esoteric subjects, but my actual, I believe in solutions that work. So it's why it's wisdom that works. Because actually in the true meaning of the word wisdom, um, I think there's Greek or Roman, the triumvirate of uh, knowledge or understanding is first there is knowledge. And in this triangle, we then have understanding. And when we have understanding of knowledge, it gives rise to wisdom. And when we understand knowledge that gives rise to wisdom, then it's only right that we react on that, that we take action. So for me, wisdom is wise action. Oh, I love the way that you described that. So the other thing that we love to ask our women of inspiration is pain points. I believe that we all have pain points. What would be some of your pain points and how do you move through them? Yep. Um, it's always because of the nature of the work. Uh, you don't get a regular paycheck. You don't get paid if you have a day off. Um, and just managing sometimes that lack of financial security, because I do walk a path that requires me to constantly open and trust life. It's, you know, there is, people come to me. I can't, I don't go out to sell to them in that sense. Um, 
you know, you don't sort of tell someone, oh, I think your house needs feng shui. You mm-hmm. wait till they come to you. So really trusting that. So, I, yes, certainly in the early days, I mean, I managed that, that insecurity used to be difficult. I would find it like having, you know, spent many years getting a paycheck and that regularity of just income and knowing where you are. And so budgeting, all of that financial in- planning. Mm. things like that but learning but you have to we have to learn to live in the moment and we also have to let go of the delusions because we don't own anything we are simply caretakers of whatever passes through our hands on the you know during our earth walk and it's really understanding that it's just the ego mind that loves to be attached to something and keep us small and in fear about we're not going to survive or something bad's going to happen so it's, and it's a daily constant process I mean it's much easier obviously now because of years of experience but anyone setting out it's just to really learn to trust their own knowing that inner wisdom because mm, we do have Javini we have a lot of women that are either in business or entrepreneurs and uh, like you said with your type of services, not like you can go out there and sell it. So exactly. for our listeners, what, what exactly do you do to create this flow that comes towards you rather than you uh, going out there looking for it, you're actually attracting it? Mm-hmm. Uh, everything is to do with vibration and resonance. Mm. So I make sure that like if it's – I know and, you know, we all know those days when – it's let's call it a bad day inverted commas but those days when we think just being busier or pushing harder is somehow going to crack the nut and we're going to make a breakthrough and it's really being able to pause and catch ourselves in that moment of stress if you like and go do you know what I'm going to go for a walk in the forest I'm going to take a moment out I'm going to go and light a candle and pray I'm going to go and talk to the trees to meditate, to create space for everything, a bit like the healing of the body, for everything to self-organize, because I do believe in the perfection of the divine plan. And it's my ego, it's my small self that's getting all het up about pushing something. So when we stop pushing, when we actually really open into the closed places within us, that's when we allow ourselves to be receptive to receiving what is naturally going to come towards us. So it's, yeah, it's opening into non-resistance, opening into the closed places. Mm. It's the best practice. And it's a daily practice. It's interesting if, if listeners just pause for a second right now and in their conscious mind, they might think they're saying yes to life, but is their body also saying yes? Or in that yes to life, when you tune in, can you feel the parts of yourself that are closed, in resistance, shut down, not open, scared, fearful? And it's like, can we open into those? And can we keep opening into those? Because mm. I always say lean into the resistance because I think that's where the gold is. When we understand that this resistance uh and when we can unpack the resistance, this is when we are more, like you're saying, you're drawing it in, you're pulling it in rather than uh, being a big block. Yeah, or opening into it. It's like opening into resistance because we all come up against resistance. Resistance is there. But if you actually, you know, if we open into resistance, it melts the resistance. It's true, very true. Mm. So, I mean, we hear it quite often, and I don't know if it's the same in the UK, but definitely in Australia that a lot of uh, individuals, when they start a business, they're lucky to survive within the first 12 months. So what would you think would be a reason that businesses fail to succeed within the first 12 months? 
Good question. I'm, I don't know. I've been doing it for twenty odd years now, so I don't know. Um, uh, what would be the? I mean, I mean, maybe lack. I mean, I was going to say lack of consistency, but I'm not known for my consistency myself, and I'm still here, so that's possibly not that. I think perhaps you have to be able to reinvent yourself. And what I find is that a lot of people starting out. They want to sell who they are, what it is, rather than maybe selling what it is that people actually want. You know, what are the problems they're addressing? I think a lot of people first starting out, it's all about the service. It's all about the gloss and the expertise. But they forget to focus on how the client is going to benefit. What's the person going to get from it? And really focus on that. Giving away more. I, I believe in Aini. It's a catcher word. And it means nothing ever goes one way. So to give freebies, to build that um, awareness, and to share your story. People love stories. We're all storytellers, and we all have a story. So in sharing our narrative, I think there's a much more magnetic way of doing business through connection and through collaboration. And also, who can you collaborate with? Who has ideas that are perhaps complementary to yours? Mm, I like that. I, I'm, built, I'm a big one on collaboration as well because I think we're all – there's no competition in my eyes It's it's because um, we're all unique, right? We're not the exactly. same. Yeah. Exactly. But definitely collaboration. So, Davina, the other thing um, I love to ask is um, a question about what would you or what advice actually would you give your younger self? Yes, what I'd give my younger self is get it early enough. <laughs> oh. um, but also, but also the, the 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 best bit of advice I would give my younger self is to really understand that it's all about relationship, and that goes so much beyond relationship with each other or with our parents or with our employees or uh, bosses or colleagues or any of that it's relationship literally with life itself it's relationship with yourself with your inner child with your inner being with your state of mind it's relationship with the elements that make up this uh, you know like the earth the fire the sky the waters um do you have a relationship with the water that comes out of your tap in the morning? Do you, do you give gratitude for the shower that you have, the food you have to eat? Do you have a relationship with the home that nurtures you and keeps you safe and is like this container for you every day? So, yeah, everything is relationship. So when you were talking about that, it made me think I'd also noticed that you also have a book called The Dream Whisperer. And I, I, I'm big on dreams. So I have this little journal by my bed and I write down my dreams, if I remember them, of course, as soon as I wake up. Uh, would you like to talk us through the book? And is that something um, that, you know, it, it's a good practice, I guess, to actually record well, our dreams? Yeah, absolutely. Because that relationship is the relationship between your conscious and your unconscious mind. And for me, that's a little bit like me incorporated. I see it as a company. So the conscious mind, the bit you and I are having a chat with now, um, it has free will, it makes all the decisions, but most of the time it's not terribly bright. It can't hold too much information at once. But our unconscious mind is this incredible being that is taking in billions of bits of data all the time. If it's a bit warm, some chemical in our brain gets released to lower our temperature, etc. There are billions of processes happening outside of our awareness that are constantly bringing us into a homeostatic state, a state of balance. So dreams, for me, are like your nighttime management report. 
So the conscious mind, um, if it's a good working company, then your conscious mind will pay attention to what the unconscious mind is trying to get our attention to. And we all know that mostly, if, say, we take that traditional work structure, the boss relies on the employees to know their job and to carry on doing it. But every now and again, the employee doesn't know how to do the job and has to go to the boss and say, oh, could you help me with this? And that's when a dream will come up. It's like a dream will come up because it's like, I need you to have a look at this because there's something that needs to get your attention that's going on in your unconscious. So this is a primary relationship between these two aspects of self and dreams are a fantastic bridge for that because they give us the information to be able to develop that relationship. But we also do have to learn the language of dreams. And this is one of the things people tend to dismiss their dreams simply because they don't understand them. And if we I'm sure that you've learned, Catherine, if you've been keeping a journal for that long, that you look back and you can see common dream themes and you've begun to understand the language of your dreamscape and what it means to you over the over the time that you've been keeping that journal. Absolutely. And what, exactly. And that gives you so much more insight into how your own unconscious processes are working. And then you have a very well-functioning human being. We, you allow yourself to be far more response-able rather than reactive because you've got that good dialogue going on. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, once upon a time, many moons ago, I'm talking about 25, 30 years ago, so a long time ago, I remember uh, buying a dream book and looking at the meanings of dreams and could not relate to them. And it yeah. wasn't until many years later that um, uh, actually a teacher of mine was saying the dreams, it's what it means to you. Exactly. And so I yeah. ditched my dream book. Uh, and then yeah. I just, uh, yeah, I just <laughs> actually write it and, and really sit there with it and uh, actually see what does that mean to me. Yeah, my, my book is very much based on that. It's not a dictionary. It's it's on shamanic techniques and other techniques to really work with your dreams so that you get to understand them for yourself because you're absolutely right. Only you know what your dream means. Mm. And what would be one technique that you would like to share with our listeners? Oh, <laughs> only one. Oh, uh, there'd be island three even. One. <laughs> no, let's go for three. Um, If... The quickest route to change is clearing clutter. It, it could be clearing out a handbag. It could be clearing your car. It, does, it could be clearing out a drawer, a closet, a wardrobe, your desk, anything. If you do it with intention, nature abhors a vacuum. It's like if you weed a garden and you don't plant anything, the weeds come back. If you plant beautiful plants, you'll get a beautiful garden. So clearing clutter with intention is a fantastic, easy, practical Right, I'm going to clear this cupboard with the intention of bringing more joy into my life. I'm going to clear this drawer with the intention of increasing my energy, except whatever it is, or increasing our abundance. So that's brilliant. That works on so many levels, and it's the fastest route that I know. Um, and if we're feeling disconnected or just that daily conscious breath work, conscious breath, and I mean, there are infinite numbers of breath techniques, but something really simple is just to pause and go, I breathe in love, abundance, success and joy. I exhale anything less than that. And just breathe in the energy that you want and exhale anything less than that. That's a really good little daily practice that we can just, you know, you can do it while you're driving the car on the tube, doing the shopping, any of those sort of at the office, just taking that moment, that conscious breath. 
Mm, I love that. Love that. So the other thing, Davina, as we start wrapping up the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand. What would be that one word for you? Well, interesting enough, I've taken a word that everyone uses to describe me. So that feels like the word. It's the word that is most often, if I get a testimonial, somebody writes to me and says, thank you, etc. It's the word everyone uses, which is inspirational. Yeah, I, I agree. Very, very inspirational. And the other thing, Davina, as we wrap up the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to leave three shiny golden nuggets for our listeners. So I think you've already left a couple, but are yeah. there any other golden nuggets that you would like to leave for our listeners? Yeah, I'd love um, everybody to connect with their inner child, to build that relationship as well. That little me that lives inside that maybe has been ignored or not listened to and just start to connect with that, that smaller self. Because we really manage to empower ourselves when we have an excellent relationship with our inner selves, our inner child. And a lovely way of doing that shamanically is to go into your inner garden. I, I do a lot of work. For me, this is where intention is. If we, when we intend, when we intend to our inner garden, then our external world changes. So you can just close your eyes and imagine being in a garden, seeing what's growing there, feel what you feel, see what you see, hear what you hear, notice what you notice. And just inviting yourself to see your inner child in that garden, see what they're doing, see what they need from you, ask how they are, making that relationship, really taking care of that inner self. Mm, I love that. As you're doing, I was taking myself through it, actually. <laughs> Good. Thank you so much. So, Davina, for our listeners, where is the best place to find you? Um, on my website, probably, davinamikhail.com. Yes, and I also um, I did have a question around your website because I'm sure our listeners will too. You do feng shui via Skype. How does that work? Because people have cameras, so it's fantastic. Oh, so this they is, walk this you is, around the house? Is, yes, oh, so right. this is the fantastic bit of technology that allows me to get inside people's homes all over the world. It's like fun. Love it. Oh. And we could do loads with that because literally they take me on walkabout with their Skype camera and I can absolutely see their home and make loads of recommendations it's really great way of working oh, i love it davina i can't thank you enough for coming on the show and sharing your wealth of wisdom for us uh with us i should say uh you're very inspirational absolutely i agree thank you Catherine. it's been an absolute pleasure have a wonderful evening thank you That brings us to the end of another episode. I hope you enjoyed the show as it is my mission to reach out and inspire as many individuals like you. And one of the best ways to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes. It's easy and it only takes about 10 seconds. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at Catherine Plano. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Until next week, please take care of yourself.